And that's why, like I highlighted how much money the lack of resolving conflict can cause because now everybody else is starting to get in your business because now it's on the public platform. Who would ever want a senator, a congressman, anyone in the government to get involved and start asking questions to find out, hey, what is going on in your company? We've seen it in Facebook, how they've had to testify because of, you know, privacy issues. I mean, there were things that have been going on within that spilled over into the outside. Now more than ever, do we need to understand the language of the team members we support, the people we have personal and professional relationships with? It's not only about cultural diversity, but it's also about understanding different behavior styles, different generational styles. It's so important that we take our communication skills to the next level. And that's why I have created a process. I have a tool that I utilize so you can learn your leadership style because you're not only leading in the household and in your community, you're also leading in the workplace. So go to my website, AishaThomas.org, click on learn your leadership style or shoot me an email at info at AishaThomas.org and let's get your communication skills to the next level so you can communicate to people who don't look like you and also really build up those personal and professional relationships. What's up, guys? Thank you for joining me on another episode of Internal Fire. And today we're going to talk about the power of having uncomfortable conversations. But then what do you do after or even during those conversations? I know you're probably like, man, she's talking so much about diversity, so much about inclusion, so much about equity. But that's the season we're in. We're in the season and it's not that we need to just skip over it, but we need to sit in it so we can address issues, concerns. I mean, these are things that you can also utilize if you have other type of issues that you need to address in the workspace, within your household, among friendships. So what kind of strategies can you utilize so you are able to have uncomfortable conversations, sit in it, come up with resolutions and the do's and the don'ts. Get your notepads and let's get into this message. I was lucky. I found what I loved to do early in life. Waz and I started Apple in my parents' garage when I was 20. We worked hard, and in 10 years, Apple had grown from just the two of us in a garage into a $2 billion company with over 4,000 employees. We just released our finest creation, the Macintosh, a year earlier, and I just turned 30. And then I got fired. As Apple grew, we hired someone who I thought was very talented to run the company with me. And for the first year or so, things went well. But then our visions of the future began to diverge, and eventually we had a falling out. And so at 30, I was out, and very publicly out. What had been the focus of my entire adult life was gone, and it was devastating. I didn't see it then, but it turned out that getting fired from Apple was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. So I want to highlight a couple companies, a couple companies that have had internal conflicts and how, again, how that's not beneficial for the culture, how it's not beneficial, you know, financially and even publicly. Like, for instance, there was a story where an uh, employee from Adidas came out and, you know, stated that, listen, they felt that when it came to racism and complacency about racism within the organization, it wasn't addressed. They even penned a letter that they sent out basically addressing 
distressing and saying, you know, it was shameful, you know, and pr pretty much called it out about the consistent complacency it take in taking active steps against a racist work environment. The letter even described an atmosphere where black employees are afraid of speaking out and their complaints often disregarded, echoing frustrations, you know, that basically have surfaced over time, right? about specifically about Adidas. And you hear a lot of these situations happening, of course, now with, you know, everything that's going on. There was a time where there were complaints within Facebook and so many other companies where they started to come out and say, listen, you know, they started to kind of pretty much speak out, even with Google. And there was even some instances where people wanted to, they just wanted to demand a change in culture and changing dynamic. And of course, like I said before, when it comes to when conflict is not resolved, how it can spill into now it's reached the public. This was an internal issue. I just highlighted how Adidas said, listen, this person, this employee at Adidas basically said there were complaints over time and nothing happened. And now it's in the public eye for everyone to see. We even talked about, I did a live about Amazon and I talked about the issues that they were having where their employees end up going out and protesting because they didn't feel like they were safe in the work in the workshops and how they, in the warehouses and how there was a high risk of COVID positive tests and you getting contaminated with the disease because of certain standards within the warehouse. Why? Because they had mandated how many products that they had to basically box up or put together within a certain time frame. So they had goals. Well, in order for them to meet the goals, a lot of people wasn't, they weren't washing their hands or taking the proper measures to ensure that they were protected because they had to meet their quota. They had to work. And that basically spilled over to protests. And of course, we heard the stories about that one employee that they ended up firing and how that just spiraled out of control because he was just concerned for his team. He tried to address it because it was a leader and he ended up getting fired for it from it after he went public. So this is how things can spiral out of control when conflict goes unresolved. Another great example I like to highlight is Apple. We know Apple. We all know Apple. A lot of people have Apple products, but there was a time where the, there was a lot of conflict that was happening. A lot of people don't even realize there was a third founder of Apple initially, but he ended up leaving because there was some clashing personalities with the other two founders. But some of people have heard the stories in 1980, there was a time where Steve Jobs left the company. Yes, Steve Jobs left the company. So in 1981, basically Apple Computer went public. And after that, you know, within a couple years, they had cracked that Fortune 500. I mean, Steve Jobs ended up recruiting. There was a gentleman named John Scully, and he was the head of Pepsi. And he wanted him to be the new executive, uh, new chief executive. Well, he brought him on board. And what happened is Jobs was supposed to focus on creating this new product, which equaled the Macintosh computer. A lot of people know that Mac computer. Well, unfortunately, when it initially launched, in 1984 it had great reviews but the sales weren't that great so unfortunately it caused the company to go into financial strength and that caused a bit of friction between John Scully and Jobs so what ended up uh, Steve Jobs ended up doing he took his he created his own team he knew he he was considered like the chief visionary 
person. So he wanted to create his product. So he took his own team. They had their own building and they were like in, a, in their own separate building. So it was like a company within a company. They weren't talking with each other. They weren't communicating. There was like a level of separatism that was happening between these leaders that should have been coming together. And then what happened is a lot of the team members that were working for jobs started to complain. They started to say that they were being overworked. Steve Jobs was too demanding. So that caused more issues. And ultimately, his board, they came together and they unfortunately voted Steve Jobs out from that role. And they just put him in a role where he was just at a desk. And for him, he felt like it was betrayal because ultimately he's like, I'm the chief visionary person. I want to be the visionary. I want to create. But unfortunately, he wasn't being effective in doing that. So he ended up leaving. But through that time, what happened is that, you know, this is what we typically want to happen. And sometimes this may or may not happen. So after he left, you know, they say he went through a crisis, but he took time away and started to really reflect. And then in 1985, he reached out to another colleague. They came together and then he launched a new computer company and also launched Pixar Animation Studios. A lot of people who watch, you know, cartoon movies or these animation movies know Pixar, but that's what he created. And ultimately, in 1996, Apple Computer was struggling. So now, you know, because it's struggling, you know, they became acquired by Next, and that returned Steve Jobs into that company that he helped create. And from that, it led him to basically become Apple CEO. And then it continued with the successes where you saw the iPod, the iPhone, and the iPad. So it ended up working out for them. But even there was a part where friction got so bad that they had to out him because people weren't communicating, people weren't connecting, people started doing their own thing within their company. There was even a story back in 2010 about Toyota. There was an issue between the Toyota family, T-O-Y-O-D-A, and Toyota, the non-family leaders, right? The Toyota company that you know of in the automaker space. There was conflict that led and spilled into the public platform. The Mr. Toyota felt that, oh, these guys are just focused on the profit. And then the non-leadership, or excuse me, the non-family members that were a part of the leadership didn't feel like he was prepared for it. So it seemed like there was some conflict, but unfortunately what happened is that they didn't fix the internal culture. They were more worried about the externals, what's happening on the outside instead of fixing on the inside. And that's could ha that's what happens with a lot of companies. If you're not fixing and making sure that the culture within your organization is effective, it's going to spill over. Then now, even with, if you consider Amazon, it led to now you know, senators and congressmen, and it just was all over the news. And now people were getting involved because they're like, okay, there are all these positive tests happening within this warehouse. What is going on? Why is this happening? And that ended up, I mean, no one's talking about it as much, but it's still ongoing. Why? It's because there may, might've been some internal things that were never addressed. And that's why, like I highlighted how much money, the lack of resolving conflict can cause because now everybody else is starting to get in your business because now it's on the public platform. Who would ever want a senator, a congressman, anyone in the government to get involved and start asking questions to find out, hey, what is going on in your company? We've seen it in Facebook, how they've had to testify because of, you know, privacy issues. I mean, there were things that have been going on within that spilled over into the outside. And yes, you know, the, the great thing is that there is a responsibility you want to have for people who consume products, making sure that they're getting the quality service and support they need. But this is how 
how internal issues can spill over. So I want you, and again, conflict is normal. It's going to happen. It is a part of the process as being a business owner, being an owner within an organization. You're going to have clashing personalities. You're going to have things that don't work, leaders that might not get along. But how long are you taking to address it? Whoever wants their business to end up on the news? Whoever wants their business to end up in front of Congress, even again, as a military member, a lot of the disparities or racial disparities that they identify within or how African-American airmen or, you know, military members were being managed. It ended up now it's in front of Congress. Now it's on news platforms. That's what a lot of companies don't want. That's why they try to get ahead of it as soon as possible. We see it play out so many times when people's dirty laundry or things that are happening internally starts becoming public. So what kind of conflict is happening within your organization? Or maybe it hasn't happened, but there's some conflict resolution skills that you need to start honing in on now so it doesn't spill out of control, where now you're not on some social media platform that has tons or millions of followers and they're hearing that, oh, well, you didn't allow this to happen. Or maybe there's some things that have been happening over time within your organization that you've been like, ah, I don't got time to address it. Maybe you're uncomfortable. Maybe you don't feel that it's that important. But always look at it like that. Equip your leaders, equip, equip your managers. Even again, I take it from the personal aspect. Even within the household, just imagine how things not addressed can trickle out of control. I know I've been in the house or I've been in a situation where I've had a friend and I didn't address something and how it trickles into now it's a big blow up. And a lot of times people don't bounce back from that. Their relationships, friendships ended, their workspaces that are just filled with tension and people end up leaving and you can retain people and even retain people in your personal lives because of conflict. So address those things as soon as possible so your dirty laundry isn't aired out in the public. Adidas, who was recently under fire from Portland employees over the treatment of African-American workers, has pledged Tuesday that at least 30 percent of new employees hired in the U.S. will be black or Latino. Okay. And I'm going to say like it's this. about damn time because you have a lot of blacks and Latinos that have been wearing Adidas for a long time. For a lot of money in their last paycheck Run on it. So let's talk about it. Run yeah. DMC. Put That's Adidas it. on the map, man. Put you know? it on the map. Yes. You know? It should be higher than 30 percent. Yeah, it definitely It really should. Absolutely. Because you wonder, you know, what makes us want to continue to buy your product? You know what I'm saying? So if you don't have one on the inside to kind of put you up on game on what's the next look or, or vibe is, then you'll watch a video or you'll watch how we portray it. Yeah. And then you'll try to copy it. Mm-hmm. Why not bring us in as employees? Exactly. And let's build together. So I made a post earlier this week. And if you guys don't follow me, follow me on at Miss Aisha Speaks on all platforms. But I wanted to highlight the realities that conflict and not addressing conflict actually costs companies. So there's a stat out there by CPP. It says conflict costs U.S. employers around $359 billion in paid hours each year. If left unaddressed, conflict in the workplace has severe consequences and the financial repercussions are the least of their worries, talking about companies. It also continues to say the effects of conflict in the workplace can be disastrous to a company. So, of course, I'm bringing this up because right now the conflict or the things that might be coming up might be related to the lack of diversity, the lack of equity, the lack of inclusion. Right. So when it's not when it's unaddressed, guess what happens? I mean, even if you look at what's happening now. 
there are some racial issues. There are things that might be systematic that did not or were not ever addressed. It just evolved over time. So people are surprised that by the, by the protests or people are surprised that people are responding this way. Why? Because you saw something happen over and over again. And what happened? It blew up. Just ask yourself, have you ever been in a situation where there was conflict that you were involved with? You didn't address it. It just continued to build. Maybe you weren't comfortable. Maybe you don't like conflict too much, but you just held it in, held it in, and all of a sudden you blew up. But what would have happened if you would have addressed it in the beginning? That's why conflict resolution is so important. Here's some more stats. You know I have to follow it up with stats. 49% of workplace conflicts are caused because of warrant ego. So it might be like an ego issue. It even says 27% of employees claim workplace conflicts have led to personal attacks. So it becomes personal. But 95% of employees say conflict resolution training is advantageous. So it's beneficial. It supports a company. It's beneficial. Why? Because you do have some leaders or some people who do not necessarily are comfortable with addressing conflict. There's some people in homes that don't feel right addressing conflict for a numerous amount of reasons. So even with this report that happened, they did an assessment to identify, okay, for this study, let's find out if they think that conflict resolution training is beneficial. And most of them said, yes, it's beneficial. It even even identified that 27% claimed that it boosted their confidence in managing disputes. Because again, there are a lot of leaders that go into roles and positions. They don't feel comfortable resolving conflict. Even ask yourself on the personal space, where did you learn your conflict resolution skills? I'm going to have you ask yourself that again and reflect, really sit in it and say, how did I learn or what were my first examples of resolving conflict in the home? Because of course, they always say our first education experiences are within the household. Your mother, your father, your siblings, whoever your guardian was, how did they resolve conflict? And did you find yourself practicing those same behaviors? And the reality is we always say, okay, keep your work and home separate. But the reality is that the things that develop us within us, our family experiences, our personal experiences, it can trickle into the workplace. So if you have a manager that doesn't feel comfortable with handling conflict, it might be connected to him or her being in a household where there was abuse. And they knew that what conflict happened, when conflict happened, it resulted in something abusive happening to them or a family member. And that could shape how they address conflict. They might not feel comfortable with it. Or maybe it's connected to a relationship or personal friendships and how they know anytime they brought up something that was conflict related or might have just been a debate or just letting someone know, hey, I didn't feel that what you did was correct. It caused that relationship or that friendship or it caused issues. Even though you should be able to address conflict or say, I didn't like that, or let's discuss this thing and it not necessarily turn into an argument. Or they might have seen that. Things typically escalate. Well, hey, it might be just, hey, I didn't like that. And they've seen how it evolves into an argument. And this shapes the person. And now how they show up in friendships, relationships, how they show up outside in the workplace as a leader is now affected. So they don't feel comfortable in addressing conflict. So it's so important that you make sure that's something that you do and that's what's connected to those uncomfortable conversations because we should look at conflict as, I mean, it's reality, it happens, but we need to have uncomfortable conversations because it is uncomfortable to have conflict. It is uncomfortable to talk about racial disparities for some. It is uncomfortable to talk about things because of maybe you're not educated in it or maybe you don't see it's an issue or maybe you just think it's just like one of those things that's just taboo to talk about. 
about for an array of different things, you don't feel right about having uncomfortable conversations. But it's so beneficial that you start building those skills because, again, you have 50% of employees, they quit work due to negative office politics, things unaddressed conversations that were never had, policies that were never made. You even, again, if we go back to your personal relationships, what did not addressing conflict result in? You're, you're, you felt muted. You didn't have a voice. So when maybe something ended or something blew up, it just resulted into more negative things. So again, ask yourself, where did you learn how to resolve conflict? Have you gotten to the practice of having uncomfortable conversations? And if you don't, how is that affecting you or why aren't you doing it? So just go through that realization process or that reflection process to really ask yourself that and understand the benefit of having those uncomfortable conversations. So now let's go and let's transition into the do and don'ts like what should happen what shouldn't happen in those conversations because yes there's some ground rules and it doesn't mean that necessarily the other person on the other end is going to respond the same way but at least you'll have and you'll be equipped to know okay as a leader as someone that might have something that they need to address these are going to be my rules of engagement I know the do's and don'ts so when it is time to have these conversations these uncomfortable conversations I'm equipped to have them and I know it's going to benefit my workspace I know it's going to benefit my leadership skills, my team. It's going to affect my household in a positive way because now I'm going to take these same tools and apply it within my household. Don't go anywhere. Stay right here for the other half of this message. That'll be back to you in one second. Have you had an opportunity to check out my free resources on my website, AishaThomas.org? If you haven't, go check it out right now. You need to make sure that even today you have the skills to really be an effective leader, an effective coach, an effective mentor. So go to AishaThomas.org backslash free session or go to AishaThomas.org and click on free resources and get the tools that's going to help you improve those skills, those abilities, and give you that confidence to lead, mentor, and coach and take your team members to new levels. Our industry has changed. You've already seen this. Every CEO needs to ask themselves, what is the most important thing to you? What is the most important thing to your company? What is your highest value? I know what our highest value is at Salesforce. It's trust. Nothing is more important than the trust that we have, that we have with our customers, our employees, our partners, our top executives. When you see top executives walking out, when you see customers questioning your privacy practices or how you're using or misusing their data or how you're misusing partnerships, you need to listen, you need to wake up, you need to say, what is going on? It's very serious. And I'm not going to call out any one company and say, this company has to change, these executives have left. What I'm saying is for every CEO in our industry, we see what the employees are saying. We have to operate at a higher level. Let me give you an example. We just created a new office of ethical and humane use, reporting directly to me. Because when employees have concerns, or customers, or partners, or other stakeholders, I want them to be able to come directly to me and have that conversation. 
So let's talk about some do's and don'ts of conflict resolutions or having uncomfortable conversations that I think is really going to benefit you, right? And this is something that's going to take skill and time to build. But I think the first thing you want to work on is the mindset. What kind of mindset do you have when you're walking into these rooms? Some people don't even like to have conversations is because they're automatically thinking it's going to be negative. Remember, like I had you think about before, where did you see conflict? If you reflect on that, what was the examples that you saw within the household, within friendships, within, you know, maybe other leaders that you had around you that showed you how to deal with conflict and it might have been ineffective. And because of those experiences, you might be triggered when there's conflict where you don't even want to have discussions because you're afraid this is going to cause more issues. So that mindset is so important ahead of time. Sometimes you have to do it scared anyway. Man, I don't want to have this conversation or I don't want to mediate this because I don't know if I'm effective at it. But go into there hoping that and believing that this is going to have a benefit. It is going to have a benefit in some kind of way, even if it does mean, okay, you hold someone accountable, even if it means that someone has to be fired, even if it means you have to let go of a friendship or a relationship, that is going to be a benefit because it's going to cost you. Even if it's not financially, it's going to cost you in some kind of way later on. So go in there with the mindset that this is going to be beneficial in some kind of way. We can even move forward together or we can move forward where people go separate ways, but at least it's been addressed. And the solution might be that that relationship, that workplace relationship is dissolved or even someone might have to be let go. And in some cases, it just has to go to that point, especially when you're talking about some people who do you know, things within companies that just is a totally against company policy and so on. So that mindset, going with that good mindset. So you're not going in with that mentality to fight, flight, or freeze, to either be combative, to either shut down or to say, you know what? I don't even want to do it anyway. Or you just find yourself just not engaged at all. So fix that mindset. The second thing is going with a plan. You might be the mediator and you might be able to get some background information, but even if you don't, okay, maybe you have a process that you like to go through. Maybe there's like five or six questions that you like to ask people so you can get some ideas of what's going on. You might say, okay, first I'm going to have this person speak. Then we're going to set, we're going to do ground rules first so I can let everybody know that there's going to be no interruptions. We're going to allow everybody to get X amount of time to speak or so on, but come up with the outline. Or if you're the person that was involved with the conflict, you're the person in the midst of that uncomfortable conversation. You want to go in. Yes, we're going to be emotional. Yes, we're going to be wanting to talk off of the top of our head and trying to memorize and spit out everything that we went through, but go in with the plan as well. Write down the examples. Say you are having that uncomfortable conversation about the racial disparities within your organization. Write down the data and the facts. Say, okay, well, historically, there's only been X amount of CEOs of this racial group or of this gender within these this high level or these C-suite levels. And, you know, historically, there's never been. And you're showing them the facts and the data. Now you're giving them examples and instances of people who attempted to get mentorship and they didn't. Or you can just say, oh, these were the experiences I had with this person that led me to feel you know, less than, or I couldn't trust them, or there was a lack of leadership in this area. Go in with facts and data and information, lay it out, do an outline as well. So you're not like me, because I've had an instance where I've had a conversation, and then afterwards I'm like, man, I wish 
wish I would have said that before. Man, I wish there was a conversation. Man, I forgot this happened. But if I would have really sat down and wrote it down, I would have had a plan. So map it out. So you make sure you hit all the points. You don't just go in with emotions, but you also have facts, timelines. Because I even had a leader do that to me. Like there was clearly some type of bias specifically to me and to some other people within the organization. But when I did take it to HR, she had documentation. She had historical on this date. This is what happened. She kept emails. It was amazing. And that's where I learned the importance of making sure you document. You know, people say, oh, why do you document? Every time, if you start seeing patterns, document it because that's how she was able to get a leg up. HR was like, unfortunately, we can't, you know, we can't, we can't go and side with you at this time because she provided us some historical data and information that it just looked more legit. And from then on, I was like, ah, now that's the secret sauce. But again, you want to be prepared when you go into these conversations, have a plan, have something outlined. So you have your mindset right and you have your outline right. The next thing is watch your butts, B-U-T, watch it. I recently was a part of a conversation and we were talking about, you know, discrimination within the workplace. And we, there was one topic we were focused on. And then all of a sudden there was a, but, but, and it transitioned to a whole nother topic. We want to make sure we're staying on topic. Now, yes, as you're speaking about something, there might be a, a list of other things that might come up in that conversation, but have you fully resolved or came up with a plan to address the first one before you pivot into the next thing? So even if you're the mediator or you're the person that's discussing it, you might, depending on whoever mediates it, or even if they do, you want to make sure that as you're talking about one specific thing. So you talk about that and that thing only before you pivot to something else, especially when we're having these conversations about racial disparities. Maybe your team or your organization wants to talk about that, but now you're talking about, oh, well, you know, let's focus on this and let's focus on this. We want to focus on the house that is burning down. The house that is burning down, I'm pretty sure there are probably a bunch of other issues that might be hot within the organization, but some of us have these situations or issues that are burning hot, houses burning down. We need to call the firefighters in to fight this fire, but we need to focus on it because just imagine if someone has a house that's burning down on this side, but then someone has maybe like a little fire in their pot. You know, I don't know about you. I burned some food here and there. And maybe, and for me, all I had to do was take the lid, take the lid off of, of one thing or grab a lid and just put it over and, you know, keep that fire from going out of control. But just imagine if you're calling and saying, man, my house or this pot is on fire, but the whole house is burning down. So that's how you want to look at your issues. What is the house that's burning down that needs to be addressed before we move on to the next house or the next little fires? Focus on the big fire and then move on. And it's not saying that other fires aren't important because they are, but what house is burning? Focus on that and watch your butts. Stay on task and find resolutions. That's the end part. What is the resolution? What can we do moving forward? And this might require you to do follow-up conversations. This might require you to check back in a couple of weeks, but have people come in and say, I need you guys to also come in with some res- resolution. What's the solution? What do you want out of this? Or even for you, even if you're not asked that, go in there and saying, hey, I just want an apology. Hey, I just want to see better changes. And these are some ideas that I think will be beneficial to this company or to this working relationship or even to this personal relationship. What are your wants? 
wants. Because once you talk about it, now moving forward, what's going to benefit you, the other person, the company, what is going to be beneficial in the end? So those are some do's and don'ts. So some things you want to focus on. A, that mindset, going in there with the right kind of mind. Sometimes you got to do things scared, but you want to go in, listen actively and be attentive because again, unresolved issues result to some type of cost. The second thing is coming with a plan, have it mapped out, timelines, facts, data. Don't just focus on the emotions or trying to go off of the top of the dome, the mind, the head, the memory banks to try to think about what happened. Come in there with that plan, with the historical information, with the email so you can have that factual information. You want to make sure you have that. Watch your butts. Focus on the thing at hand. Address that burning house before you move on to the next, okay? Make sure you get a resolution for that one thing before you transition on to the next. And then have the proper resolutions come in with, these are what I think is going to benefit the company, this relationship. This is what I think is going to make things better. These are some things I'll outline and I want you to consider them. So at least you have some resolutions and then have that follow-up plan later on because that follow-up plan will see what's working, what's not working, what adjustments you need to make. So again, you really sit in that uncomfortable conversation and you really address it so you can come to a solution because I'm going to repeat it again, unresolved conflict costs. It might not be financial. It might be, but it's going to cost something. So it's better to address it sooner than later. I got you. It's coming. Are you ready to ignite the fire? We are speak fire. Oh, and by the way, that's fire with What's going on, everyone? Internal fire. Student fire. Young fire. Father's fire. Leadership fire. Champion fire. (laughs) (laughs) Unlocking the fire within. Thank you all for tuning in. Let's grow. Speak fire. Speakfire.com. Speak fire with a Y. We have a new episode that comes out every Monday at 4 a.m. Are you going to be up with us? Deuces. I want to shout out all my faithful listeners for tuning in every week. And don't forget to follow me on social media at Miss Aisha Speaks on all platforms. That's M-S-A-I-S-H-A Speaks. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Turn your notifications on and leave a comment if this podcast has blessed you in any kind of way. I thank you for all your support. Many blessings to you.